What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Stuck at home, bored and alone. You'd think I could have some fun on my own, but I'm bored AF. I'm bored AF. With Cecily and Stephanie. Hello, everybody. Hi. Ooh, we're com- we're coming in hot. We got you. This is a show. It's a podcast. Um, it's called Bored AF, and it was it came to be in the quarantine when we were extremely bored and could not even really get in the car and just go to the store. Mm-hmm. But it's lasted this long. Why? Because it's so good. It's so good, and we're so good. But most importantly. You're so good. Yeah, you audience. Or uh, or did you mean me? Lot. Oh. We have a lot to get through. I found something I found something on Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like as though I don't know what Facebook is. Is it called Facebook? It's the it's Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> it doesn't quite sound right. It doesn't roll off. Is it book? It's book. Um anyway, I guess this was like a year. I'm looking at the date. This can't be right. It can't be a year. It would have been two years ago, right? Was that a memory? If it came, if if it was a year ago, was it? No, it's saying, it's saying a year ago. Okay. What happened was (laughs) I went to a big party to celebrate um, Eddie Murphy. It couldn't have been last year because it was 2020 and I didn't go to any of this stuff last year. So it was two, it's showing as a year, but it was two years ago. Um, I went to, it was whatever movie, Dolomite. He was doing Dolomite, so they threw, like, because I'm in the Critics Association, they threw this big party, and I was like, I'm not missing that because I'm obsessed with Eddie Murphy. Right. I got my picture. Um, I was very excited to get a picture. And then, so I posted the picture, of course, my thirsty, I need some thirsty likes. Mm-hmm. Posted on Facebook, and I wrote, like, he's my mother, he's my MF comedy hero. Um, I told him he's the reason I got into stand-up. Um, he said, you do stand up. And he was just about to ask me to open for him. When a very old lady elbowed me out of the way. Like, I, obviously, you know, that's what I wrote. So Steph- all these people are like, girl, that's amazing. Oh, my God, you met Eddie. So Stephanie writes. <laughs> this is on your Facebook wall. <laughs> this is on the wall that's like open to everyone. But she writes, you don't need a written invitation to open for him. <laughs> I think we can all see that that was implied. At his next gig, get there a little early for sound check, obviously, and then open for him. You need to make your own opportunities. So I wrote, 
I wrote. I mean, and did I anybody kind of, did anybody like it or a few people liked it? A few people laughed. Okay. A few people laughed, and then I wrote back. I mean, I was kind of thinking that too. I made up Eddie Cecily flyers for our tour, <laughs> but I feel like I put too many hearts on it. I'll keep playing with it. And so then, like nobody's jumping in, like nothing. It's just that now it's just Stephanie and I who could just call each other having a public conversation. And then Stephanie said, "Also, make sure not to plan too much material because you have to leave room for applause breaks." And I was like, yeah, I always try to leave about four minutes between each joke. And then Stephanie wrote, only four? Maybe you need stronger material. I mean, you're opening for Eddie Murphy. So I said, I thought I could. That's that's my sense of humor when I go, when you take the absurd and then you go, you're opening for Eddie Murphy. Like it's already happening. (laughs) Only four minutes between each joke. Okay. Can you imagine if you told a joke and waited four minutes for applause? (laughs) Even like the best comic. So then I wrote, um, I thought I could do my, it's still me Hitler joke twice, like open and then again, close with it. Uh And then Stephanie goes, if that's what you think is best, I'm, I'm sure you'll be great. So then our friend Jane, Jane Edith Wilson, popped in and she wrote two words, crowd work. (laughs) And Stephanie wrote possibly some props. And then she's like, it's never too late to learn to juggle. And then I said, I feel like, oh, and then Jane said to to be like ventriloquist, you know, Uh and I was like, I feel like I'd rather just get a suitcase full of dolls and whatnot and just pretend to improvise as I pull stuff out. (laughs) Improvise as I pull the Mm -hmm. dolls out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was like. I don't want to be so good that Eddie feels like he has a challenge. And then Stephanie wrote, Eddie is known to be very competitive. If he gives you any problems for the suitcase of dolls, just know that it's not you. He just doesn't support other comics. It just became this whole thing about him. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. And like no one except for Jane is really even commenting. And then people just go back to like, wow, where'd you meet him? We're just <laughs> Why don't people see? I'm going to tell you something. This is why I never made it in the business. This is exactly why. This is why I liked writing books. Mm -hmm. Because when you're on stage, let me go just get deep for a minute. When you're when you're on stage as a comedian, and this is why I never loved you. You your favorite sensibility, your favorite your your favorite type of jokes, your weird like offbeat stuff like that like I have always been had a very dry sensibility Mm -hmm. but if the Mm -hmm. audience is just not with you for whatever reason if they're not feeling it then you are going to have the most miserable time on stage like it's not going to get better and then you you're going to have a choice you can either just do like really shitty jokes that you know are kind of crowd pleasers but they're not your sense of humor Mm-hmm. And then you you can do that, which I've I've ha- been forced to do, like in Vegas when mm-hmm. things were just not going well, you know. Or you can get out of the business, which is sort of I, I mean I, or you can just keep doing it so much that you develop your own audience and people that love your jokes. But I don't know. I just never wait. Do you mean like, okay, let's say I was in Vegas. I have my jokes. They're not working. They're too whatever absurd, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're saying I have to like pull out like, uh, what's her name? Eliza Schlesinger. (laughs) It's not the one. It's not the the one who who went on. We talked about this. She went on stage and she's like, I guarantee I'm the only female comic that has a World War II joke, right? Yes. But then you watch her stand up and it's literally like, girls, you're putting on too much glitter when you get ready. (laughs) Stop with the glitter. Ah, glitter bomb. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Sorry. Sorry. I don't like like the phrase shut the fuck up and yet I use it sometimes for effect. 
That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying right. that your World War II stuff may not kill on stage at the Riviera. She doesn't have any World War II stuff. That's the thing that was so insulting. Why did you got to bring down every female comic? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so many people, and it was so fun to watch on Twitter because so many people like Lori Kilmartin and like all the people we love were just like, excuse me? <laughs> they were like retweeting. It was like, then they're like putting Jackie Cation. They're all putting their World War II. Sarah Silverman even, I think. I was like... Everyone has, it's not, we're not that smart. Even if you have, that's so annoying. Every woman does not just do a rap song about her period. It's just not possible. Or, you know, 7-Eleven jokes. In New York, periods are like this. But in LA, <laughs> periods are like that. And they're different. You ever they're get your so period different. like in traffic? <laughs> <laughs> what are like sort of like the, I told you, okay, remember, oh, now I'm going to name drop it. And is this okay? I'm going to say something. Yeah. I think we talked about this, but remember when Mark Marin was first dating one of his, he married and then divorced her. So maybe I won't say her name, but she was a comic. Sultan Pepper? No. No. Salt. Okay. Mishna. Oh, Mishna. Misha. Yeah. Okay. Mishna Wolf. Okay. So she, I think I, we talked about this, but I was doing stand up at some shitty, you know, whatever, some like whatever show and she showed up and she tried to bump all the other comics it was one of those shows that had like 14 comics or mm-hmm. more which is already ridiculous but she was like um and I heard her say to the person you know putting it she was like yeah Mark Marin is my boyfriend and he said I could just drop in and it was our friend <sighs> Leslie she's like yeah I don't really do that so I mean I can put you 13 you know <laughs> or whatever and 13. then she then she's all pissy I think she ended up bumping a few people she goes up and the whole thing is like New York versus LA. I mean, it was it was all about tampons. And I, I know she's better than that. I know she's written a book that was supposed to be actually pretty good. Like, I'm not saying she doesn't have the talent. And I, I had some shitty jokes back in the day, too. But, like, she acted like she was so fucking cool and so New York. I'm, I'm just here from New York. Like, you know, like you think because you're you, – have you ever done that? Like, walked in – when you were doing stand-up, like, walked into another city, a club, and you're like, mm, I'm an L.A. comic. No, me, I haven't. I did. I have not because I never had any sort of – I always felt so shitty. Like, I was like, ugh, these people are going to just think I'm such a <laughs> loser. So it's kind of like the opposite of what we were talking about, about, like, the Largo crew. Because you'd brought up, like, you know, the crew, the cool kids. You sort of never felt like that. So the cool – so my problem was – I think, and maybe partially because I, my father was a comedian Mm -hmm. and I saw, I saw it as something. And, and, and part of this is because I have like, I have no hubris. Like I'm just, you know, like I think, Oh God, I, I need to like study this in college to, to, you know, be good at it. Not that I did, but you know, I felt like you had to work so hard at it and you had to have really written out joke. I just never had the confidence to just go wing it at any mm-hmm. point. So the idea of being sort of an alternative comic and, and just, right. just going on stage with like, you know, some, some loose ideas was mm-hmm. never, ever going to be comfortable for me. I you know, I think that does take a certain amount of like, yeah, I'm just going to get up there and like talk about some shit, you know? <laughs> I don't know that their ideas were that loose, though. They had their note. I think they wrote it out. It just seemed it was more conversational, you know? 
Well, I think Sorry, they were way more comfortable tr trying out new jokes. And that's what, mm -hmm. you know, and it's part of that's the reason true. I never got much better is because I didn't, I hated trying. I mean, I would do it. Obviously you have to try new material, but I just didn't like the feeling of doing new jokes and having them not work. So I would well, really write them out, like make those new jokes already good. Mm -hmm. And I think that can come across as sort of a different, a very different tone of comedy. By the way, I feel like I'm making the grossest sounds as someone with misophonia. I'm so sorry. Like I, I, I always feel like I'm about to choke, which I feel like isn't good. Maybe I should get that looked at. So I'm <laughs> drinking water and I'm so sorry if I'm like gulping in your, in your ears. You always feel like you're about to choke. I mean, I just feel like there's like a, okay. I think I was very um, dramatic when I said, I like, there's like a cough, like at the bottom of my throat, not choke. <laughs> I said that wrong. I always feel like I'm about to cough is what I meant to say. Oh, hmm. Which these days, so sorry. I'm like gulping. I'm like trying to, I feel, I feel nasally. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, what do we, I have a story. I have a story for you. Or, but do you want to talk about our Taylor stuff first? Where do you want to go? I have a, we have a lot today, actually. Sure. Believe it or not. Uh, okay. I have a, a kind of a crazy story. We're going to get, I'm going to get a little serious, but then I won't. It's funny. Trust me. Okay. Okay. So I, my dad passed, as you know, a few months, six months ago, and I was, um, going through his stuff cause I got all his stuff. So I have his yearbooks and stuff. And just like a couple days ago, I, I was like ready to look at his yearbooks and look at his pictures up and look at all what people wrote to him. This was in 1955 in Brownwood, Texas, which is like the tiniest town you could ever imagine. Just a really sweet Texas town, right? Okay. In the 50s. And my dad, I'm reading every single thing people wrote and people like everything was just like, you're, you're my best friend. Everybody, he was everyone's best friend. He was clearly like the greatest guy, you know, it was like. Oh my God. It was so fun. He was like the president of the, of his class. He was the head of the golf club. He was in theater. He played the saxophone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he just was in every group, theater, all the things and everyone loved him and every single thing would like little inside jokes. You're like, fuck your Dodge. Or no, they didn't say fuck. They're like, they, that would be weird in the fifties, but they were just like, your Dodgers aren't going to make it. You're sure you sure are a sweet, sweet guy. Like just Everyone loved him. Okay. So after I, I read a bunch of them and then I thought, I'm going to read, I want to read one of, I want to see what people wrote in my yearbook. I forgot, you know, uh -huh. like it's been a minute. And the only, I could only find my sophomore year. <laughs> 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 and yes, there's good friends with inside jokes. And so, and sometimes you don't remember, you know, all those inside jokes where it's like, it'll just be like orange pop. Ha 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 ha. Like you don't, you don't know what that means, but you kind of do, you kind of remember. And it's a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. it's like, he had glasses. What? And there's like a picture of somebody with glasses, whatever it is. So, um, but then there were a lot of people that wrote like, you're so much nicer this year than you were last year. <laughs> what? <laughs> there's more, if there were just one, I'd be like, oh, that's a joke. Okay. Here's a weird thing to know. My freshman year, we came in. So I, you know, I went to performing arts high school. My friend Sean is hopefully listening to this so he can, he can vouch. So we were all kind of weird, right? It was hard to stand out because you're all kind of theater music or dancers. Like you're all doing your thing and there's no like quarterback. Right. There's no cheerleader, you know? So we, there was a group of friends and I, we were kind of assholes and we would, we were going the other way. So we were very preppy. We would wear like Ralph Lauren every day and tie our hair. We'd always tie our hair back, like, like slicked back with bow, big eighties bows. Okay. And so we were like kind of a click. We were kind of a menacing little bitchy little click and they called us bowheads. 
that was like the name that they'd given us oh. the school the rest of the kids okay. we were judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We didn't call ourselves that. It was like Heathers. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were just freshman year. And then it all wore off and everyone went their own. You know, we all, we all cooled down <laughs> by sophomore year. But I don't know what I... I don't know like what I, I remember and think of myself as being pretty kind. I don't think I was an asshole, but I must have been a little bit of an asshole if, if like five different people said that. Wow. Like, a, like you're saying five different people, like a lot yes. of people said it. Yes. Like one person was like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're not a bowhead anymore. <gasps> um, you're so much nicer this year. It's so much. And I then then they'd put like, ha ha, but it was more than one. And then I'm going to take it a step further. This is when I get serious again. The question becomes like, what, who do you think you were versus who you were? Like, if you do ever think about that, like, who do you, who do you remember yourself being in high school versus like who you really were in high school? You know? (sighs) Yeah. I I mean, of course I think of myself as just having been like a pretty big loser. Oh no. See, but that I know for a fact, that's not true. How how do you know for a fact? Because you're you. There's no way you could be. First of all, you're beautiful. Aww. Not that loser. Not that. Not that. Okay, I'm not saying beauty is all the things, <laughs> but you're beautiful, hilarious, like fun to be around. There's no way you were a loser. You know, I had a big crush on this guy that I'm that I'm Facebook friends with, and we were we were Bye. friends. No, this guy named Joe, mm-hmm. Joe Pog, and he was really cute, like really cute. And I remember that he there was this. There was a this girl named Karen, of course. There were probably like a thousand Karens. This is the problem with like the whole don't be a Karen thing is that that's like my age group. Right. All the Karens are my age. And right. if you were a little if we were older, it would be like Linda. Like, yeah, don't be, don't a, Brenda. be a Linda or don't be a Barbara. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> yeah. like right. almost none of my very few of my friends were named Barbara. Uh, but it was there. It was more of a Jennifer, Lisa, mm-hmm. Carolyn, Karen. Christy. I was Texas, so it was a lot of Christies and Crystals and Christies. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but I, I um, so Joe Pog, Joe Pog, I really liked him, but I was not popular at all. Like it would n- not have been cool to like me. I guess I don't. No, I don't. I don't know. But there was this girl named Karen. And I remember thinking, I would I wonder if you've ever had this experience. I remember thinking, like, I look so much like her, like mm-hmm. what? And he and I get along really well. But he kind of liked this girl, Karen. And I was like, We're, I don't get it. Like, mm-hmm. there's not that big a difference between the two of us, except that she's a little more popular, a little more like right. hooked in you know, with the cool kids. And I remember thinking like, I don't really get it. Like there's nothing really, I thought that too. I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. like a nerd. I'm not anything. I'm just not a joiner. I just had like kind but of. you had moved and you had moved a little bit. Like it's hard when you're not there in the same like school system the whole time. Yeah, right? I guess. But I feel like other people don't have as tough a time with that. 
Well, the thing that I also think is interesting, so like I have this view of who I am and different people see different sides of you and they pull out whatever, you know, is reflected, however that works. But someone said to me recently, and I really liked it. I was telling this guy about the yearbook thing. I told him, I was like, God, I was reading my dad's and everyone loved him. And then mine were just like, God, you're not a bitch this year. Thanks for being nice. Thanks for not throwing shit at me. I mean, and no one really said that. Right. But this guy, this guy said, and I thought it was such a nice compliment. He was like, honestly, I don't think that's pot. I think they were either joking or it was like through their weird, like perspective through their tunnel vision, because I don't see a world in which you, you weren't really nice to people. And I was probably not true. (laughs) I mean, what he's saying is probably like not a fact, but it was so nice. I thought that was such a nice compliment. Like, you know, like it, it seemed really thoughtful to me, like to say like, no, and it was, it was the other, the, the best compliment I've ever received in my life was my friend Tanya from high school, who was a bowhead with me freshman year. And then she, you know, we shifted. Um, she said to me like 10 years ago, we were having lunch and she was like, you, you'd be a great mom. And it was the nicest thing anyone I felt like had ever said to me because I don't think it's true. It's like, I'll take the compliments that I aren't like, if someone says to me, you're a really good writer, I, I love hearing that, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, thank you. Cause I think I am. But if someone says, I think you'd be a really good mom, it's probably not true, but it's the nicest thing you can say. Why don't you think you'd be a good mom? <laughs> because I'm way too anxious. I think I'd be, there'd be a lot of love. It, like it wouldn't be, I don't think I'd be like running off, <laughs> take care of yourself for three <laughs> days. I don't think I'd be like that, but I think I'd be way too helicoptery. And too, just too freaked out all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know. I know a lot of moms like that. I mean, I guess you just do it. It's not that I wouldn't be, I don't know. I just thought it was the, the thing that I'm not was the nicest compliment I could get. It'd be like someone saying, be like, I think you'd be a really good pilot. <laughs> and it's like, oh, thanks. Why, why do you think? I just think it. I know it. I can tell by the way you move. I can tell by your, your attention to detail. Like you wouldn't miss major <laughs> things wrong true, with the, yeah. on the instrument panel. It's just super specific compliments. Just, you know what? One thing to know about you. Yeah. Is you are just really, you're just organized. <laughs> like they just get it all wrong. You're organized. You don't, you're very, um, you're very rational in your feelings. You don't, you don't feel too strongly, which would make you a very good pilot. Cause you're not going to get too like caught up. Like, let's say there's a guy on the plane that you like, <laughs> you're not going to get freaked out. I love that about you. But you there's know what a I mean? guy on the plane that you like, I thought you were going to go somewhere totally different, but they're like, you're not like super ADD where you're going to be like, Oh my God, I love this guy. And he's a passenger. Oh my God, Patrick. Patrick's on the plane. Yeah. And then I'm like, go, go to my co-pilot. Like, can you take over? Because I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Here. I thought you were going to go more like, like if there's a guy on the wing, you're not going to freak. <laughs> you're going to keep your cool. You're not going to be like, oh shit, there's a guy on the wing. No, it's just a guy. I kind of have a crush on. There's a guy in coach that you went on like two bumblebees with. <laughs> like I'm like, land the plane. We have to land. We have to land. I can't do this. You're like, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him. <sighs> Wait, what would that be for you though? What would the what would be the compliment that you would love to get, but you know that they're just they're wrong, but you'll take it? Well, I used to get a lot about like how I'm like a a really great comedian, and people still you say are, that to me. Though. But I don't like that's one that I I like to get it, but I'm always like I don't think you understand. Like it's I'm I wasn't that no, good. If I was that like good, this. I would I would have been a famous comedian. It's got to be like this, like Stephanie, I can tell, and I just, and don't try to fight me on this. Like 
Math is your thing. You're just really good at it. You like solving math puzzles. I can tell. You like puzzles and math. And you take it. It would be it would probably be something where it's like you keep your cool under pressure. So it would be like <laughs> you would make a great like police officer. <laughs> That You're just really one. good with a gun. You're, gun work is you, you love guns. I can tell that. You just you, you know it. what you love the community. You love doing. You love working. <laughs> you know what you love to do. You love organizing um, community events mm. and just making the city better. That's <laughs> something that I can see that about you. But you know, but can you see how that would be like a great compliment to get, even though you know it's not right? They they got you wrong, but you'll still take yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I that would be. Yeah. You, one thing about you, Stephanie, is you're very sincere. Like you don't hurt people's feelings. Like that's just not something that you, you don't inadvertently use sarcasm as a defense mechanism and it just like hurts people. That's that's just the thing I like so much about. Well, it's just funny when this guy said like, God, I could never imagine you not being nice. If he were to say that in front of Mike, my Mm ex-boyfriend, he'd be like, get the fuck out of here. She's the meanest person I know. We'll see. And I was going to say that, especially if you want to think about like being younger, if somebody were to tell me that I bullied them in high mm-hmm. school, I would fully believe it because really I didn't, I I'm having a hard time with it, but apparently I did. We'll see. But I think that I had a lot of insecurities and probably did, you know, use either making fun of people, at least behind their back, for sure. Definitely behind their backs, for sure. But they, they, they can't know. They don't know that. They can't know it. How did they all figure that out? That's the weird thing. I do. I do sort of have vague memories. I'm going to be honest here about like being mean to some of the kids that were losers, because I think there was something about somebody else being a loser that mm-hmm. made me feel like, oh, well, I'm not the biggest loser. And I, I have shame about that. I don't remember anything specific I did. Like I didn't, I didn't like follow anybody around or like flush their head <laughs> in a toilet, but you Stuff know, them in a locker, you know, like all like, like in real life, how we just pick people up and put them in a locker. I love how <laughs> movies still have that. Like no one does that. But you know what I didn't do is I didn't ever, I wasn't a person that would be like, you know what? You're lonely. What comes to eat lunch with us? Mm-hmm. I was not that person. I was not inclusive. I was not going to be like, I, if I felt like, oh, I had a couple of friends then I wanted to make sure that other people felt that they didn't. Cause you were, you were holding on for dear life. You didn't want to be the bottom of the totem pole. So somebody had to be under you, which is, that's a thing. I feel like in junior high, I was that way. I was like holding on. So I couldn't, I didn't have it. But by the time yeah. I got to high school, mm-hmm. I feel like I was very inclusive. Well, maybe you felt more your place. You were a drama kid. You were included. You were in plays. Like I never had any of that. I was not part of anything ever. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. I really don't know. It's just that it doesn't even matter what I remember because apparently like our filter is so the perspective is so different from anybody you ask. I wish I, I wish I'd been the the person who like, I wish looking back, I could have pride in, you know, I made somebody's day. I, mm-hmm. I was a person who, if you were feeling lonely, you could like, you know, come talk to me, but that was not the way it was. Oh, but I think you can't, can't be hard on yourself as a kid. Who's just trying to hang on. You're just trying to like, no, make I'm just saying, I wish, I, I wish I, what, I wish it wasn't like that though. Hmm. What you really wish is that you had written like 17 songs about all the people like Taylor Swift. I, w- I wish I had the ability back then 
to turn all my heartbreak and heartache of which there was so much same, same level as Taylor, probably you as well. If we could have turned that into something, why didn't we become Taylor Swift's? I don't know, but do you, I think, and we, and obviously we talked about this last week Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. depth, but what do you think about all this like fallout where people like John, what's his name? John Mayer, John Mayer your husband, my mm-hmm. husband, John Mayer, <laughs> you know, where everybody's like, oh, she's coming for John Mayer next. Get ready. I kind of feel like it isn't weird that she's, you know, went out with some of these people for a short amount of time and then writes terrible mean songs about them. Here's the weird part to me. This is the thing. And I think we talked about this, you and I, just off air, off air. Like it's air. What if I thought it was like <laughs> off the FM airwaves? You're like, Cecily, this isn't FM. It's a podcast. <laughs> it's not like a radio. You can't turn your radio on and listen to this. Mm-hmm. What if I thought this was a TV show? It's, it's we're, you know what? We're going to have to do some pickups. <laughs> looping. We have, so do any of you guys want to do looping? Um, I forget what I was even saying. Oh yeah. Like, okay. I get that she wrote the songs and I, I've had those things where three months, sometimes, I mean, last year, the thing with that guy, remember the blocky yes. block guy, yep. um, that was only six weeks. And I was like, if I could have written an album about it, I mean, I would have loved that. Mm-hmm. If I could have gotten that all out. Like I was obsessed. So I think it can happen. I think what's strange about it is that I love the Taylor's re-releasing it, Taylor version, right? We get why she's doing it, but to do then a 10 minute version of a song where she could use some of those minutes in some of the new lyrics. I know she feels the way she feels, but she could use some of those lyrics to talk about maybe like her side of it a little bit, like how in retrospect, thank you for, I don't know. I is we, is anything that Jake Gyllenhaal did, I know it made her feel a certain way and I totally get it. And I'm team Taylor, but is it that bad? That now, 13 years later, she is doubling down to make him look like a total well, fucking asshole. Thing. No. And then you you know what? You know what's a good example of that is take somebody like um, Alanis Morissette, who we also mm-hmm. love. So mm-hmm. Alanis wrote that song. We all we think it's a, you know. Um, oh, it's definitely about it. It's about definitely Dave. About, uh, Dave Coulier. Yeah, for sure. It is. Yeah. So we so she writes the song about Dave uh, Coulier. And mm-hmm. she doesn't ever actually say it was about Dave Coulier. Well, neither did Taylor about Jake. Yeah, but there were so many more clues in Taylor's so song that made it really specific. Right. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Of course. But the Dave Coulier, but it would be like, can you imagine Alanis Morissette, who's, you know, married, kids, like mm-hmm. writing a song, like going back and being like, I'm re-releasing this song about Dave Coulier, like fuck and him. This time, you know, and this time it's going to be twenty minutes. I mean, that minutes. we would be like, that's insane. What if the twenty-minute version of Alanis is? It's like, would she go down on you? It, she has the theater line, but then she adds, would she go down on you in that theater? She just does different theaters. Well, she does. The, in, <laughs> would she would go down, she go down, on, down you on you the in the Omni in the Omni Wilshire theater? <laughs> <laughs> would she go down on you at the AMC Century City Theater? <laughs> You're like, okay, Elena, let's just keep with the regular three minutes. Get it. We don't like Dave Coulier anyway. It's super hacky. I mean, to be fair, like, <laughs> I mean, it, it, we'll see Alanis and maybe with time, Alanis is so much older than Taylor now, you know, and maybe with time, Taylor will have that perspective because Alanis like very much as has Taylor, like they've evolved. But I don't think, but it sounds like Taylor had, I think what we're seeing though, is that maybe Taylor hasn't evolved. And is it possible that like, 
because Alanis is sort of like way more settled in her life or something, she doesn't have the, I think what people are responding to is that Taylor still has that much anger, like that she can't move on. And then it becomes a bad look for her. Even though we all have felt that way. And I don't think people are mad at her because it's sort of her art. Oh my God. She's speaking for so many of us, but the thing is, and and remember she's re-releasing something. So these were the songs. This was the bottle in time, you know, the, whatever. What what do you say? Time capsule. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, I was going to say time bottle. What is a time bottle? Same thing. You get it. Uh-huh. Um, but that's, so these are the songs. But if she's going to add to them, I guess is my point. Or she could put another song in about like how, and these songs, by the way, are beautiful. I love these. Re- I think she's amazing. You know that. Okay, but, so yeah. I have I had this boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I've talked about him on this show before, but I was trying to think of somebody who I had a short but very intense relationship with. So there was this guy named Jeff. He was a comedian. Mm-hmm. And and uh It was Jeff Dunham. Close. He really? had a puppet, but it wasn't named Peanut, it was named Penis. <laughs> <laughs> And Jeff Dunham was so angry. He was like, I do. I'm named Jeff and I, Dunham and I have a puppet named Peanut. And, he, and, so and he's like, you can't, you don't have ownership <laughs> over puppets. That's one, Jeff. <laughs> and he's like, but you legally changed your name to Jeff Dunham. It wasn't even Dunham. Jeff, he's Jeff Dunham's. It's like he has an S. So this other guy's like, he's legally <laughs> My puppet is penis. I can't play cruises because they think it's too dirty. So why why am I even, I'm not even competitive with you. So this guy, Jeff, was oh a, God. was a comedian. Oh, should I just tell you his last name? You can yes. look him up. Yes, girl. Oh my God. Okay. His last name was <laughs> yes, Martyr, please. Jeff Martyr. Okay, do you know him? Right he used to do a thing nope. with two microphones. His whole bit was that he was like very like, um, intellectual so he would do like right side of the brain left side of the brain oh god how do you spell how do you spell the last name m-a-r-d-e-r i believe we're not mocking him nobody go after him obviously you know who you are no we're not mocking you have 33 mutual friends okay so this was you know many years ago like five (laughs) years ago i was married it was not even like a It took me a second. I was looking at his page. That's why I didn't laugh right Okay. So I meet him and I I see him on stage. I think I might have been waiting tables. Mm -hmm. So I would have been in my like mid, mid, late 20s, late 20s. I could see how, I could see how he was cute. I I see it. Imagine like way back in the day. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he was cute. kind of like not really my type. Sort of blonde with his hair was a little longer with these like kind of mm-hmm. Jerry Seinfeld. If Jerry Seinfeld had like blonder hair and was like, you know, whatever. Anyway, I see him do stand up. I think I was waiting tables at at a comedy club and he performed and we started talking somehow. And then he wanted we went out for coffee. I think he was asking me out. It was very he was very like um, forceful, like like mind control, like. Ah, like very focused on me. You know what I mean? Mind control. Wait a minute. We got to break. I can't just like why because very, okay. he was very mind control because like we went out, he did this weird stuff like where he was into sort of like look into my eyes. Like we're going to, we're really going to talk about stuff. We're going to be like so a Scientologist? Deep. Was he a Scientologist? No, he wasn't. Okay. I don't know. He mm-hmm. was into, he was into shit. Okay. Cecily, stop arguing. My God. <laughs> Is this our last show? <laughs> I just took a sip of coffee and then I gulped again and all of this happened at the same time. Okay. He was in, and then your answer was he was into shit, Cecily. Yeah. He was into shit. Like that is any, so, okay. So, but I, but you're going to remember the story from this podcast when I get to the, the main part of it. But so I wasn't even that interested in him. I think I thought he was old. He was too old for me. And he was like, I don't know, too intellectual. It wasn't really my thing, but we went Mm -hmm. out for coffee and we stayed there for hours and he was very focused on me. A lot of attention, a lot of like, and then we're going to do this. He kind of wore me down Mm -hmm. in a way that I wasn't used to at that age. Just like, I'm going to be your boyfriend and I'm going to, and, and then he started buying me shit. He was future faking. He future faked. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he totally future faked me, love bombed and future faked. Mm -hmm. acted so into me, talked a lot about the future, a lot about things we were going to do, like, and, and a lot of compliments, a lot of just like, Oh, you're so smart. You're so funny. I lived in this apartment in North Hollywood. He comes over for some reason. I think I didn't, I didn't have a a VCR Mm -hmm. somehow I needed to buy a lamp and he showed up at my house. This was like, this is a love bomb move right here. Showed Mm -hmm. up at my house and he brought me a lamp. Mm. Then was it a nice lamp or was it like a no, shitty No, it was like palette? a nice lamp. Like he went to like, okay. you know, Lamp City, Lamps Plus or whatever and picked me out what? like a nice lamp. Lamps Plus, not even just lamps. No, the the plus is all <laughs> it tells you everything you need to know about it. Um and then he bought me a VCR. Oh, oh so he was li- Okay, it's only love bombing though if if he didn't mean it. Oh no, he, he didn't mean it. Up. He didn't mean okay, it. That's where it's a love bomb. He yeah. didn't mean it. He just I think he had money. I don't know what the, what the deal was, but so he we he planned a lot. We went out quite a few times. I don't know if I ever even I think I think I was very shy about sex in those days, so it mm-hmm. took a while for me to, you know, it had to be like this needed to be my boyfriend or right. a one night stand. Cause I was all, yeah, I'm exactly alternatively a whore. So it was like, I'm, no, I'm the same way. Yeah. Either oh, I knew yeah. I, I had to know I was probably never going to see them again, or mm-hmm. it had to be like, you have to be my boyfriend. Okay. Which there's nothing wrong with right. I, That's okay. Right. Yeah. So anyhow, one day I think he told me once, once he had me locked in, once I was like, okay, this is it. I really, really into this guy. I think I might've even told him I was really into him. That's when he told me like, uh, Oh, he started kind of blowing me off and told me that, and he was dating, but I had a full other girlfriend and oh my it's God. not the one that I woke up in bed with that his answering machine went off. And the woman said, Oh, that was the guy who managed the bangles. 
That was the Ricky Lee Jones yes, where you listen to Not that yeah. guy. This was a totally different mm-hmm. guy much later in mm-hmm. life, like many years later. No, and his girlfriend was somebody who's a comic to this day, who I still see on Facebook, super pretty. Um, mm-hmm. Very similar look to me, though. Jan Karam. Do you know oh, her? I know her. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, she was like his girlfriend. But then That's... he tried to do this. Tell me if a guy's ever done this to you. He was like, yeah, she's, I, I have to go see she's her. Crazy. We're at, she's mm-hmm. my ex-girlfriend. She's really mm-hmm. unstable. She's like been talking about hurting herself. So I have to like go to her house. I don't think any of it was true, by the way. Wait, we don't know for sure though. Is it possible? We don't I mean, know I don't think for sure, but I really don't think so because I believe I talked to her about this much later and she was like, no. Like, also, that's so shitty. Even if that was the case, why is he already moving on and buying you a lamp and then telling you? It's like, oh, she's really fucking crazy. It's such a trope. He's right? like, it's I have to go be with her. But, you know, and then it, then he basically just blew me off for her. But, but so- then I think they broke up. But anyway, the point of that is the whole thing was probably mm-hmm. six weeks. And, and you still feel you felt the way you feel. I still was. I was very devastated because I just felt like, wow, I could see feeling so fucked mm-hmm. over by that just because I just felt very taken for a ride. Like, just res- like, wow, you you got me to feel a certain mm-hmm. way. And then you really never felt that way about me. I felt super Which is, used. It's, it's like it's like such a. um I mean, obviously you went through this with me last year. I've, there's probably so many examples I can give of that, but like with Simpson or right. What what do we call him? That guy, the guy from last year, we'll just call him. He like, I was remembering this too. This is a little bit off, but just the red flags that like the love bomb came hard. It was like, I'm going to throw you a birthday party. I'm going to take you to Paris. I'm going to, it was crazy within like two dates. Right. I was like, Oh my God, what? And then he started near the end. You know, so we only went on like seven dates but like on the last one, I, the, all the little flags were there. First of all, there were many flags, but there were little things he was basically telling me that he wasn't going to. Did I, I told you that like we went to Starbucks right by his house mm-hmm. and I said, I was like, oh, I, I spend a lot of time at the Starbucks. I get my haircut here. And he's like, well, I mean, how often do you get your haircut though? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, like once every six weeks, I guess. And he was like, okay. Okay. Like on the weekends, like he was trying, he didn't want to see me at the, you know, it was so uh-huh. obvious. And then he said, he goes. I said something. But did it feel uh, obvious to you then or did not, you not, not even know what time. he was talking about? Yeah. Okay. Not a, Maybe a little bit. It was one weird thing that he said. Obviously we texted a lot. I'd slept over at his place. So I knew where he lived. And then he's like, well, I've never given you my email though, though. Right. You don't have my email. And I, I thought that was weird. I remember thinking it was weird at the time. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't have your email. That's true. Huh? I don't <laughs> know why. And it, I knew it was weird, but then what he was going to do the next day was end it and then block me. So he wanted to figure out what he had to block me on. For no fucking reason. So imagine like you're going to like the, the, the block ahead of time, like a block should happen only if someone's harassing you. If someone just doesn't get it, I totally understand. I I don't, I'm not a fan of the block, but sometimes I understand it has to be used. If someone just keeps texting you and you're like, I'm sorry, I just can't, I'm not interested. I'm so sorry. But like to plan the block while you're still wearing their t-shirt from the night before (laughs) at the Starbucks, you know what I mean? And just, just be like, you don't have you're not on Instagram, right? <laughs> no, pre a pre-planned block is terrible. Mm-hmm. No, it's so terrible. And it's so, I mean, if, like I said, if I had had, I mean, I wish I could write better jokes. Like, I mean, the fact that Taylor was able to take this heartbreak that I'm sure just distress. She's a very sensitive boy, crazy person. And I can totally relate. 
And she was able to write these amazing lyrics. Right. Like, I, I think it's great, but I just think with a little time, you know, even I, you and I, even though when we feel a certain way about somebody after, usually it only takes me like six months to a year, you maybe even less. And I'm like, you know what? They're fine. If I saw them now, I'd say hi. Right. Right. You know? So it's interesting. I don't know why. Maybe she's just giving the fan, you know, her super fans what they want. I mean, maybe that's it. Like, maybe she just knows that. But the Taylor army, it's gotten kind of as bad as like that. Remember the little monsters, the Gaga army? Yes. You can't say anything about Gaga or they will fucking come hard for you. And she doesn't really stop them. Well, what could she do, do you think? Well, you can, you can, I mean, you're their leader. Tell them to stop. <laughs> I mean, Taylor is not, that's not her thing. Like Taylor's such a nice, she really seems like such a nice woman. Her big thing is like, honestly, like sewing and cats. And I think that's all real. She loves surprising fans. She gives so much money to fans and like GoFundMes and she's like a good person. But do you think she's a little, a little nutty with, you know? Yeah. But I mean, coming from me, it's hard to say. I mean, I, cause I felt those feelings especially that young when she was 20. Oh my God. I had a two month relationship in college with this guy named Craig Miller, which I think we've talked about mm-hmm. two, uh, two months, two months. It was my first real like love, like requited love, like relationship. Mm-hmm. And I met his parents and all stuff. And I mean, I was so heartbroken for so for years. I don't think I got over it till I left college two and a half years later. I mean, I dated other people. I moved, you know, I did other stuff, like whatever. But I just, I was like, I don't know. I think when you're that young, and I was exactly her age. She was just before her 21st birthday, and I dated him exactly at that age, 20 years old. So I think you just haven't experienced it yet. Like she hadn't, I think Jake was her first thing like that. Although I bet she had a lot of crazy crushes. <laughs> yeah, that. I'm sure she did. I mean, she was already 19. Yeah, she was like 20. She was 20, I guess, with Jake. Yeah. And it is kind of, and also the power dynamic, like she's 20 and he was 30 something. No, he was 29. Was he 29? Mm-hmm. And okay. Then the John Mayer one was right after he was much older. Mm-hmm. She was, at, no, John Mayer was before Jake, I think. Cause I'm not even sure she was 18. It was weird. Maybe she was 18 or 19. That was him. And they're about to come for you, John, if you're listening, they're going to come hot for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Do we want do we want to shift gears to a quick movie review sure, or do we have Yeah, no, we have we definitely have some time. So we have like 1 minute, right? Yeah, 1 minute wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, I I've been seeing a lot of movies lately. First of all, let me start with something good. I got to see Licorice Pizza, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie this week, and I loved it so much I'm going to see it again the same week. I'm excited about that. Then it must be really good. I mean, it's it's very Paul Thomas Anderson. It meanders. There's no structure. And the, there really doesn't have to be. I just like sometimes you get kind of enmeshed into his little universe. Mm-hmm. And I I just loved it. I loved it. And one little thing I didn't, I purposely went into it knowing nothing. Um, and I'm watching the lead guy, this kid. He's so good. And uh, I said to my, or my, my friend Chip was like, doesn't he remind you of Philip Seymour Hoffman? I was like, he does. I was just thinking that. Oh my God, it's so weird. It's so it's so cute and beautiful and sad. And then it turns out that was his kid. That's his son. <gasps> really? His son, yeah. We were watching the credits and it was it was um and you know the lead, the lead girls are the all the Haim sisters are in it. The lead is a Haim, one of the the members of Haim. Oh. 
Yeah, which had she'd never acted before. Um, and she was, I mean, she, you know, music videos, whatever, but she, they were so good. Every, every casting choice was great. Everything was so much fun. And then I was reading this little backstory about PT Anderson, about how like he, he, his kids and Philip Seymour Hoffman's kids, like used to, or kid used to make little movies together. Mm -hmm. They would like have fun and make, and so he got to know that kid grow. He like grew up with this kid and he looks so much like, I mean, it's just, it, it was so good and he's so sweet and it's just so sweet. And so I is it that. about anything? Is there going to be a story in it? Not really, sort of. It's very loosely based on this guy named Gary, who is Tom Hanks's producing partner. Okay. Um, a playtone, yeah. And Oh, Gary Getzman. Yes. And so it's it's sort of based on, I guess he and Paul were fr- are friends and he told them th- these really wacky stories about growing up in the 70s in the Valley and trying to be a child actor, getting little jobs here and there, and then also just hustling other jobs. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it's about, like just trying to do anything to make money. And um, that's really that's all it's really about. And it's his name is Gary in the movie. They don't wow. use the same last name. Yeah, it's really just his life. And then occasionally they'll put in somebody who was real. Like there's obviously a thing where he's like an extra on the Lucille Ball show. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously, and but they they um, they said her name was Lucille Doolittle. <laughs> like they obviously just either couldn't get the rights or whatever. They just oh, they just that's interesting. But there are some people whose names like real John Peters, like they use his real name. He was Barbara. He's dated Barbara Streisand. Okay. And uh, I don't want to tell you too much. Actually, I've told you enough. Okay. You should go see it. People should see it. Okay. It's just great. Um, but I saw one that's not so good. Yeah. Do you want me to tell yeah, you? Of course. No. So that's not the kind of show, show we do. <laughs> Cecily, stop making it all about you and your screenings. I went to the cast and crew screening of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay. I cannot tell you how excited I was because I thought Paul Rudd was the lead. I thought that did not turn out to be the case. Oh. Um, yeah, he's in it. The previews make it look like he's really in it, but not. I mean, he's in it, but it's so first of all, I saw it at like this old theater, Regency Theater in Westwood. It's been around since the 20s. I just felt so much love. Ivan Reitman was there. Jason, his son, directed it. The whole like entire audience, like all the crew, all the CGI, everybody that worked on it was wearing Ghostbusters full outfits. They even had like proton packs. Mm-hmm. We were so it was free popcorn. I just felt like, oh, my God, we're back. This is why I live in L.A. This is the kind of shit I love. I love a flash mob. There wasn't one, but you should know about me that I love a flash. I love anybody who's trying and like truly loves what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I love it. So um, I was so excited. And then, I mean, like I was five minutes in. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. First of all, it's like if it's like if an eight-year-old wrote a pilot for Stranger Things. Oh, God. It's like if they wrote a spec. Yes. It's kids. It's all kids. None of it makes sense. But the thing that made me laugh, all I really want to tell you is that like they find the ghosts like right away. There's no buildup at all. Uh-huh. They just immediately find the ghosts and they find the thing to trap and they figure out how to trap the ghosts. Like, you know, it doesn't even wait till the third act for that. Okay. Just right away. And so there's a scene, they do all that. And then all these kids are hanging out and one of the kids, like there's a sound, someone was like, Ooh, like you hear like a spooky sound, uh-huh. not someone like you hear this like howling sound. And one of the kids is like, what's that? And Chip just leaned over and it was like, I don't know. Maybe it's the ghost that you just trapped in the last scene. (laughs) It's like, it's that poorly written. It's that poorly written that it's like, is that, and somebody else said to me that I thought was, was like, this couldn't have been the final draft. There's no way this makes no sense. 
And were they acting like this, like it's supposed to be really good, <laughs> like that none of that was supposed to be campy or cheesy? Well, that's the problem is that it because Jason Reitman's a little he's a little campy, he's a little corny. So he was going for that. Like, I understand this, the nostalgia vibe, but there wasn't it came to there was some of that. There's cameos and all that, but it's too little too late. By, by we have to sit through like just cars exploding forever. But also he was trying to make it sweet. I think he was trying to go like Spielberg. It had like a Goonies vibe, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And what that show needed, not to get too like nerdy, but what it what that movie needed was like a Lord and Miller who did Twenty One Jump Street. We needed a little satire. You need to, you can love you can love the material and mock it at the same time. And Ghostbusters needs to be mocked. I mean, it's absurd. Like no one should be taking that fucking seriously. Yeah, I didn't see Ghostbusters is one of those movies and there are so many of them that mm-hmm. kind of left leaves me cold. Like, yeah, oh. well, not not back in the day. They're not in 84. Didn't you have a crush on Bill Murray? No, I did. I didn't like that movie even back then. I just don't think. Oh, my God. There's another one that reminds me of that. What's the one with um with? Uh, oh, my God. Will Smith. Mm, oh, Men in Black. Yes. Also, I didn't love Men that. In Black. Mm. I know. I know why. Because it doesn't. It's so silly and it doesn't like move a story along. You have to just kind of you have to really suspend, you know, you just kind of have to go. It's just some silly fantasy nonsense. But I think those both worked because Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones were so charming and so fun to watch. And I felt that way about Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie and all of them, you know, back in the day. Yeah, I love it. I don't know that it would hold up now for me, but I mean, what they should have done is like, make it, give us the nostalgia with a little bit of a wink, man. Right. What is this? And they did, they did, but it, like I said, it came just so late that you were just like, oh my God. I just love that. I was like, Ooh, what is that? I don't know. The ghost that you have in your hand that you already said you had in a box. Are you, does it make you glad? Like when you have somebody like chip with you so that you mm-hmm. don't feel all alone? Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Also, he's very funny. His like asides are so funny. Although we, I didn't realize Ivan and Jason sat through the movie. Usually they, they gave a little speech, but usually, you know, you wouldn't think they'd stay. Oh, they love it that much. They were, they were there. And I, I feel bad because near the end we were just loudly talking about how bad it was. Oh God. Like it was that bad. I mean, that bad. They probably didn't care. They probably didn't hear. They were probably like and maybe I don't, who knows? I'm sure they couldn't. I'm sure Ivan couldn't. He, he went out like he went out. He's so he's wonderful. And I love him. But he went out before the thing and he didn't have much to say about the movie. But he goes, well, he's like such an old like cat, you know, like the old that old kind of group of guys of directors. And he just goes, well, I hope you all brought your own salt because the popcorn's a little under salted. Enjoy. <laughs> it seemed like something like Albert Brooks would say, you know, right, right, right. And I still feel I felt really honored to be there, like in that room with him. And I was just so bummed that it was just that bad. And I love Paul Rudd so much. So he didn't have a big part in it. I mean, he's there, but it's almost like they, they the way they cut it together. Like he's a teacher. They moved to this like kind of literal ghost town and he's this teacher. And uh, but then they never show him at the school. They show him at the school one time. <laughs> They never really go back. Then they're just kind of running around in these like little cars and stuff. Like it just doesn't make sense. But is the school haunted though? Everything's haunted in the town. Okay. The whole town is haunted. And then uh, no one has an issue with it. It's just sort of what you learn right away. And everyone's like, oh, cool. That's interesting. It's like if you move into a house where there's been a murder, like, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. moving into that town, there's going to be a lot of ghosts. Exactly. But they're harmless. 
Well, some ghosts are. I mean, is Muncher? You remember Muncher from the original Ghostbusters? Is he harmless? He he bites through everything. I don't remember him. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> hey! Oh. <laughs> you know what? We haven't oh. done our shouts. Hold on, I need a minute. That like start. I have to go to the hospital. <laughs> I like really. That, I, I'm gonna roll. Monroe, when I was talking about Muncher, do you think that there's a connection? I don't think that Monroe likes Muncher. You know what? Yeah. What if Monroe is a ghost hunter? Oh, he might be. And then when he hears like the names, certain names. They're, he's triggered. Okay. You remember the stuff, the puff and stuff, you know, the guy like the, the Pillsbury Doughboy. You remember that from the original? He got, he was really big. Uh, Come on. I, okay. Well, he was huge and now they have little baby ones. He had babies. Okay. I mean, I'll stop. I'm going to stop. I think we're never going to like get there. And it's it's just not my thing. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes certain movies like that, I wish they were my thing because I feel like people would be so mad at me right now. Like what? How can you, how it's, it's a beloved movie, but there are so many beloved movies that I'm like, I don't. No, I, t- I get it. I loved it because it was at the time I was in sixth grade and it's like what you, and you'd sang the song, dun, 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 you know, you just like, yes, I'm you know. afraid of no I mean, ghosts. We were saying, this is the last thing I'm going to say, but Chip and I were saying afterwards, we were like, did you know that? Cause so that was Ray Parker Jr. You know, right. remember? Yes. And so we were like, but Ray Parker Sr., the way it was originally written was like, I'm not afraid of most ghosts. <laughs> and there, and then it, like the sun came in and was like, no, 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 no. That's not going to play well. And then we're just thinking like that. I'm not afraid of most ghosts. <laughs> Is that the name of the show? Um, okay. We should do our shouts. How do we do them? You should do them as Muncher. Okay. <laughs> like I have any idea <laughs> what no, that would you be. You know what we should do them? We should do them as the guy that was giving me clues that he was going to break up with me the next day. Okay. That's how I'm going to do it. Okay. I don't know. This, we, I'm this gonna is going to take it, some doing. I'm going to do it as mind control guy. Okay. I got way too excited about that. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going so, to start. Okay. Ron Halston, <laughs> you don't even know your own power. And Olschlager, <laughs> you're, you're amazing. You radiate this great energy that I'm so attracted to. Carrie Waldo, <laughs> I see a future. Absolutely. Um, Gentry Garcia, do you, you know what? Road trip. Road mm-hmm. trip. Let's plan it for mm-hmm. two weeks from now. Margaret Wills, you're on the road trip with me and Gentry Garcia and Stephanie. Colette Rock, you are just, <laughs> it's your eyes. Your eyes are, <laughs> oh, I could just look at them for hours and I, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Should I take? Yeah. Um, Michelle McKibben, I, you know what? I know you've been to my house. I'm going to move. So I'm no longer <laughs> going to live there in case you were going to stop by. Okay. Um, Patrick Price, did I ever, we're not, are you on Twitter? You're not on Twitter, right? We never became like Twitter. We didn't, you don't follow me on Twitter, correct? Okay. Um, Krista Stroop. Ann Mall, uh, Ulysses, Jennifer Falls. Um, you know what? I'm going to move out of the country. <laughs> and so if you don't hear from me for a while, it's just because I moved out of the country. Ishan Vajpay, do you have a television? Because if not, I have one that I just bought for you. It's in the trunk of my car. And I just, can you 
can I come over right now and give you a television? A television. Kelly McDonald, <laughs> Randy F. Whitcomb, Megan Madore, all three of you jump into my private plane because we are going mm-hmm. on a trip. <laughs> Hold on. I'm looking something up. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, um, okay. Did I already say yes? Karen Johnson Watson, Julie McGrath, Kathy Stern, Stephanie Rinker, you are so beautiful. What are you? Have you done modeling? Listen, here's the thing. I know a modeling agent and there's no way that they wouldn't absolutely love to work with you. I know you haven't done, if you haven't done modeling, it's okay. Um, Kelly Vidmer, Jill Shaw, Sean Price, Andrea Rocanelli, Mindy Bauer, all of you are going to be supermodels because look at you. I mean, how, who wouldn't want you to be a supermodel? Hey, um, uh, do we get to, do we do Jamie Griffiths? I, okay. Yes. It does. Um, and Athena and Julie, uh, Julie turned stars. Um, you guys, you're never on the Fox lot, are you? <laughs> and if I were to put like a thing at the Fox lot at the front, at the front that just said to not let you on, <laughs> could I get a picture of you just so I could give them a picture for like, you can't no drive on <laughs> there's a photo and Cheryl was a gar- gardener. Uh-huh. I, is it Gardner or Garner? Garner. Okay. And Cheryl Garner to you too. Um, don't, don't come visit me at the Fox Live. And if you have any screenings there, maybe rethink it. Mm-hmm. 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 All that really. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Also, uh, Becky Barris, she makes custom shirts. We're not, I'm not, we're not breaking up with you, Becky, because we mm-hmm. need something that you have, which is t-shirts and they're really cute. And Get them before it's Christmas. Give her a chance to make them, people. Don't, you know, overwhelm right. her. Go to go find her on Facebook at Basic Becky or go to justbasicbecky.com. Also, mm-hmm. my friend Julie Clayman, she's not going to break up with you. She's a therapist. You're paying her for her time uh, or f- for her time with your kids. She's in Agora mm-hmm. Hills. She has 20 years experience, over 20 years. She works with kids, teens, whatever. You're looking for a therapist. Um, I personally endorse her as someone I've known for a really long time. She's very normal. Her website is julielmft.com. And our friend Randy May Ames, who lovingly, wonderfully gives us a chance to shout out our own charity. And I thought maybe this week, um, maybe St. Jude. Would that be a good one? St. Jude, have we done that? No, we haven't. That is Childhood Cancer Research. Um, it's a really good organization. It's stjude.org. Um, and I think I actually have a friend whose kid is going through something like u- using St. Jude. And it's really, they're pretty amazing. So that's a good one. That's the one I'm going to throw out. Or maybe maybe we start a fund for John Mayer, who seems like he's going to have some problems. Yeah. He's going to, he's about to have some problems. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, we love you. I thought you were going to say thank you, India. Thank you, India. Thank thank you, you, India. Yeah. Thank you. No, Uh, no, we love you. Thank you. We are not afraid of most of the ghosts that are out there. And we're sorry. Bye.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.